Welcome to Life Behind Bars, produced and created by 50mm Media. Welcome to Life Behind Bars, and on today's show, episode four, we're talking about prison sentences. Who would like to begin? You want to begin? Do you want me to begin? I don't mind. I, I think I'm the wrong person well, to begin. In, in I've, I've done my I, I can honestly say in my opinion, I've never seen such a complicated system in all my life. Prison sentences are highly complicated. Oh, I thought you meant the introduction for a second. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. no I mean, you are Sorry. Sorry, we'll get back. Prison no, sentences. Yeah, sentences are really, really complex. They are. I mean, there's, there's non-custodial sentences. We may talk about that. Then there's your prison sentences. And then there's after. Because when you come out of jail, your sentence hasn't finished just because you come out of jail. It doesn't work like that. It's called being on license, of course, all part of that process. But over my lifetime, I've seen so many changes to the prison sentence, the way they're structured. Governments build the sentence structure. It's done by Parliament. They create what the sentence should be and hand down that set of sentences that are available to judges. And there are limitations within that set of sentences that judges have to apply and comply with. So there'll be a range of times from a minimum term to a maximum term that they can apply depending on the offence that's been committed. And I do know on social media, because I see it like everybody else does, many people think that sentences should be far, far longer and they blame judges for not applying those stricter rules and being too soft and woke and all those things. They're caught by the legislation they're given by governments. It's not just about length and term either, is it? It's about conditions that can be applied to sentences. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let me just, let me just yeah. uh, make sure I've got, I've got that right. Pretty sure I have. Um, and we, we actually spoke a little bit in episode three about what decisions politicians make and the civil servants that sit underneath them, and the people that work for the prison service, the MOJ, but outside of the prison, effectively. So what, what, was, what, what happens is that the guys that work for the MOJ, that live outside the prison walls, effectively civil servants, MPs and such, they make the decisions mm -hmm. around the prison census, i.e. if you commit burglary, you'll get a, a range. A range yeah. Yeah. So 12 months through to five years, or whatever yeah. it might be. And then that is basically passed to the judge, that's in law, I assume? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then that's in, that gets passed to a judge, so therefore, the judge can only pass it based on a range and they will then conduct that range, I guess, depending on the circumstances, the impact, everything evolved yeah. around yeah. it. Judges are limited to young offenders cannot be given a whole life tariff on a life sentence. When, when did that change? Because wasn't there a point in time where... That's always been like that. It used to be called Her Majesty's Pleasure. Yeah, but, but wasn't it a time where judges could just go, right, you, burglary, 10 years. You burglary. No, no there's a bit of an illusion about sentences there because if you go back long before I joined the service, prisoners never spent as long in prison as you imagine they did. Because a lot of people think, let's go back to the 40s and 50s because that's given them a sentence and they do their bird. They were literally conditioned to a quarter to three quarters. So a prisoner, if you were well behaved, let's say you got 12 months, if you were really well behaved and you were right first offender and all that, they could be let out after a quarter of their sentence. So perhaps three to four months, off you go. Others might be kept for five to six months and then others may be kept right up to the three quarters level because they've got big sentences, there are a lot of trouble in prison, not conforming. They would do, and the last three months they were on probation. They must always be left with that outside supervision bit. So this idea that prison sentences somehow are really short today and just not in jail is not true. They serve longer today. 
they're on average serving half their sentence in a prison where before they could get out after a quarter of it. I think it's more about the conditions when you go back to the 40s and 50s, or certainly the people I speak to. Funny enough, I was in I was in um, Shrewsbury Prison on Friday night doing a night behind bars event. I actually ran a tour, so the first prison tour I've run in, in a long, long time. I was running a tour and I was talking about VP prisoners. So I was talking about sex offenders yeah. and, and everything that comes around VP prisoners. And um, I said that if you put the VP prisoners into the in, in with the, the general population, then they're going to get seriously hurt. And somebody went, good. Hmm. And, like, and we had this kind of back and forth a little bit throughout the tour. And actually they were very, this was a person that was like death penalty, treat them hard, lock them up, throw in key. And I think the difference between the 40s and the 50s and now there is obviously a difference in the prison sentence, but the conditions that prisoners were in yes. was very, very different. I think when yeah. people sort of say we should go back to boys in the 50s, it's the same when they talk about kids. It's the, the, the conditions of it yeah. were, were much harsher. Yeah, but, but they were measure it with their outside society. Uh, so there we go. Remember yeah, their conditions absolutely. outside yeah, yeah. Were, were, not harsher. were harsher, even though the prisons would have been harsher than those yeah. conditions. And in some ways you might go, that's relatively similar today. I, we're just a reflection of society. Absolutely. Do you, do you, uh, Graham, Officer G, we say this all the time. And, you know, it was one of the big things that you said to me when I very first met you, which was prisons are just a reflection of society. Mm, to a degree. Our, our own beliefs and cultures and standards and expectations have changed. Our yes. own understanding yeah. of people has and changed. Morality. So changes as well. well. It changes across the board. Yeah. But let's, um, let's, let's go on to prison sentences because there must have been a time. Yeah, I'll pick up something. I think it's quite important. You know when you tell you talk about VPs and that guy said, good. And I said, I, I've had that said to me on the tour. And I go, I understand. I understand why you say those things. Can you imagine the chaos that you would have up on a prison if you allowed that to happen? First of all, you're asking prisoners to be vigilantes. These people are already violent, that's why many of them are in jail, and you want to encourage them to be even more violent than they are. Doesn't matter how you justify who they're doing it to. And then you've got staff having to be involved in all that, and, and literally complicit in the crime that's being committed. I said, you'd have chaos in your prisons. If you th you'd be like one of those third world prisons that you see yeah, down yeah, in South just, America. Just, you just lock them in, lock people them in. on there's the outside, and there's no staff. Let the prisoners it's, take charge. Yeah, just yeah. sit on the outside, on the walls with a gun like you did and in episode three. Yeah, 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 if you want that, then yeah. I'll go with the government. The government's changed the law. I said, there'd be absolute chaos. I said, you'd never get anybody to ever work in a prison if you let that happen. Whether we like it or not, it's immaterial. The government decide that's what prisoners should have. They all come to prison under the equal prison sentence. Everybody is equal in the law when it comes to being in a prison. Prisoner is a prisoner is a prisoner. And that's the reality. So I have do people say that to me and I go, well, and I actually said to one gentleman, I said, tell you what, sir, we're short of prison officers. You're more than welcome to join the job, put the uniform on, and you can go into that cell and do what you like to that prisoner. And what I'll do in the meantime, I'll prepare the cell right next to him because that's where you're going. So if you don't like the law, then you get it changed. That's the reality. Yeah. But don't make other people complicit in, in a crime to satisfy your personal feelings and anger. What did he say? Especially when they're emotional. He sort of insisted that we should go in there and give him a good kick in and give him a hard time. And I go, what, for 38 years, I'm not coming to work with an angry head on every day. I don't want to come to work and always be, eh, 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 eh. Yeah, I don't want to live that kind of life. I want to come in and do my job according to the rules that are given to me. And I just want to go home and just carry on with the rest of my life. That's what I want to do. Yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, so, uh, you know uh, we're all very good at wanting other people to do things, the things we probably wouldn't do ourselves. It's a very emotion-driven... Uh, it, it, much of it's emotion-driven, it is. Yeah, we understand that. But anyway, sorry to interrupt. Let's pick up very quickly on the different types of sentences. So you said, so you've got a, you've got a custodial sentence. 
Yeah, you've got a rem well, uh, you've got a custodial. Then you've got, I guess, what a, a license because you can be given a custodial term, but then have that um, changed to uh, a suspended sentence. Yes, so a suspended sentence. So effectively, you're in prison, but not in prison. You're on license. Yeah, you have a sentence. Is that, is that the right terminology? Sorry. So you can get like and she just isn't listening to me. She's there, she's there, <laughs> like in my side. I'm giving you a prison sentence of 12 months, but yeah. it's going to be suspended either for 12 months or two, two years. years, two years yeah. But that means you're out on technically on probation or license. Yeah. If you breach those license conditions, you don't have to commit another crime, Go you can be asked to serve that sentence. Yeah. It's meant to be a bit of a whole... And, it's a deterrent. And if you, it's do commit, it's, it's, if it's you a, commit another crime, yeah. then you can be sentenced for the new crime and plus serve. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it can it's be kind of like, like, a like a last chance saloon, effectively. Yeah. It's, a, it's a deterrent of yeah, prison yeah. without prison. So you've got those. Um, we've got, obviously, remands, which is where people are in that's prison awaiting trial. So that's pre sentence well yeah that's the innocent until proven guilty yeah. that they've been held on remand but you're still in prison because i think it was uh i don't think it happened at shepton but i know shrewsbury there's a number obviously there are remand prisons but shrewsbury was a remand or had a remand section well they call it local prisons because you'll you'll keep a small cohort of regular prisoners because yeah. they're running the kitchens and cleaners that's about continuity all the rest we're looking to move them off into training prisons at some different level yeah. because you've got to make space for the next load of remands coming through your door Remember, we're servicing the courts. That's what many prisons do. If you think of Liverpool, it services the courts. Uh, it holds convicted prisoners to a degree, yeah. but they've got to create space by moving people out so that they've got space for the next lot of courts. Yeah, I think a lot of, most local jails do. I know Shrewsbury did, Gloucester did. Liverpool do it, Manchester do it, Bristol, Bristol, it, Bristol do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you've always got they that section of kind of continuous yeah. churn, I which I guess is where, when we talked about in episode three, when we were talking about the... Um, what did we talk about in episode three? Well, we were talking about roles, but we got into the conversation around like the psychology departments. So and psychologists won't get involved, I would assume, with the remand prisoners because they're not going to be there long enough. They're not convicted yet, so therefore they're not in programs. Whereas healthcare will have to get involved with those people yeah. because they might have healthcare needs, yeah. but they won't go into necessary education. So I think remand prisoners, so if we talk limitations is the wrong word, but we talk about sentences and what happens inside, remand prisoners don't have to conform to the same rules as convicted prisoners? Uh, well, there's the same rules for what they call standards of behaviour. That applies yeah. to all prisoners. What they have is different entitlements. Okay, sorry. Because they're innocent until proven guilty, technically they don't, they're not really required to work. Whereas yeah. convicted prisoners, as part of their prison sentence, is a requirement that you attend work or education. Yeah. So they can go, I don't want to go to work, I'm sitting in my cell, I've got a huge case coming up, I need to concentrate on that. Yeah, because, because all my years of legal experience, I'm going to say, or meeting with their legal teams on a much more consistent yeah. basis because they've got legal things to do with. Then you've got another kind of remand, and that's called a convicted remand prisoner. They're convicted, where the judge puts them back in prison until they decide whether or not they're going to serve a prison sentence. So you technically got remand innocent until proven guilty until the trial finishes then you've got convicted remand oh, so you've held. been found guilty but your sentencing might be three weeks time or, or three months well, time and remember judges may be. put that off for reports very often yeah, yeah. so that will be psychology that will come in and have to do a report we heard about charges that in episode three you're going to be waiting for everyone else to send you a yes. report so you can do so they might say we want a report on yeah. it it might be a psychiatrist whatever and they will make that decision based on that report and other reports that come in from probation staff, outside agents, stuff like that. And then you've got the convicted prisoner. But it's not as simple as just, not everybody comes to prison for a criminal offence. There is such a thing as a civil offence, and you can have what they call civil prisoners. 
and they have entitlements that are similar to remands because they're not technically criminals in that sense. It's weird. Civil si 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 offences would be things like parking offences, non-payment of TV licences. Uh, you don't come to prison for parking offences. Uh, you don't. You come to prison on a TV licence for not not paying a TV licence. You come to prison for not paying the fine. Okay. So what you do is the prison is in default of the fine. It's slightly yeah. different, and technically you're still a civil prisoner, believe yeah. it or not. As you say, that's, that's because, a civil offence. Because, the, because fine, the fine was your... The yeah. thousand pounds fine. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't pay the fine, then I'm going to send you to prison in default. Whatever. Else, yeah. And sometimes people stand up and say, I've got the money. I've got a thousand pounds, Your Honour. Or a worship, if it's going to be a magistrate's court. I've got, I got the money, I can't pay that. Okay then, directly to prison now, and you might spend a, a couple of weeks there. But if you are serving, let's, I don't know how they work it out now, but there's what they call part paid fines. Yeah. If you get a fine by a judge and refuse to pay it, they'll then oppose a sentence in default, and they'll tell you that at the beginning. I'm going to find you £2,000. In default of not paying any or all of that fine, I will send you to prison to pay that fine off. And it will be calculated at a daily rate. So if you've got, let's say, 21 days... Oh, we're going to value people's time. This is, like going into, this is like going to employment. We're valuing people's time. If you've got 21 time. days and they yeah. go, OK, then you're going to prison. And let's say you serve 10 days. That will then take that 2,000, technically, and I'm just chopping it's fingers like here. Pounds. It'll bring it down about £100 a day, whatever. Yeah. And then you decide you want to be released. What you can do is pay the difference off and get released. Either you've got to so do like 10 days you... and they go, I've had enough, here's a grant, yeah, I'm yeah. out, I'm done. And what they do is, and then the admin staff there's, there's who a... does what they call part, will calculate what you owe. If that money comes in the daytime, it has to come physically to the door, by the way. They might have changed it, but I believe it comes physically to the door by a member of family. It will be taken, it will be counted, it will go in, and then that prisoner will be fetched out, gone to reception. Now we've got the fine, everything's correct, and it'll all do, yeah, all paid, then release the prisoner. Like and some do, they go, I, I, so, and many Did don't. Do you know that? Do you know what? Sometimes, like, I, I learn, Park seven fines. years I've been doing this, and I've learned so much. Every day is a school day, as they say, but and I don't mean to make light of it because it's a serious situation, but I'll tell you what, there's a TV show in there somewhere. Without a doubt, there is a TV. There yeah. is a TV well, show in there yeah. somewhere so where people much. get put in prison for a but, period of time. But you can yeah. you can pay yourself when, to get when out you when you've had enough. When you think about it in I'm law, I'm a prisoner. Let me out. When you think about it in law, right. it's a way of making retribution for the thousand pounds that you don't have yeah. or are not willing to pay. Yeah. So the idea is it's meant to be a threat. Now, to people that may have jobs and families and mortgages, and it's a first offence, they'll probably go, "I'll find the money because I really can't afford to be out of work for a month." Because the boss might say. You're not coming back to me, I or whatever. Zero contract hours. They need to make money and all. So what you'll find is they probably say, "Well, I'll find that thousand pound." I'll say, "And there are prisons." Well, this is, about, this is, like, this is similar to the American system. system because in America, you obviously it's a little bit different, but you have the bail system, don't you? So you can actually go. It doesn't happen in the UK, but in America, if you're held in prison specifically on remand, but you're held in prison and your bail is set at you know, twenty thousand or two thousand dollars, for example, you can go to a bail bondsman. You put up. Yeah. You put up collateral traditionally to them of a car or a house or whatever it might be. In you, you, terms. you promise they to will, pay. Yeah, they will then pay the money yeah. and then you're bailed, yeah. but you're bailed on their condition. So if you breach your bail, yeah. they come and hunt you down and take you back to jail to get their money back type of stuff. We used to have a system, I don't think it exists now, and I, I, I will stand corrected by anybody out there. Um, it used to be called bailed on your own recognizance. In other words, you promise to turn up here and there'll be a penalty to pay if you don't outside any offence that you might get punished for. And then I think that's sort of disappeared. Now bail is given in a in a different way. Yeah. Uh, you've got police bail, which is different to court bail, of course. Yeah. Police can bail people off immediately. 
and send you straight home, but it depends people, on the offence. Depending on the offence, some people will wait at home for court, yeah. whereas some people will be held in prison. Yes. Yeah, you might time driving offences, they might let you go on bail until they're happy. That but the, ju the judges will always make the decision whether you're held in a prison until trial, as opposed to the, like the police well, or, you, or the solicitors. It's the judge's choice to go it, one. It's about the prosecution prosecutor. and it's about the defence, because the prosecutor say, we think this prisoner should be not given bail. Why? Because we believe they're a flight risk. Yeah. Because of previous times, they've been a flight risk or committed yeah. crimes while on bail before. Or because they're going to intimidate, the defense, or because the defence argue the other thing, and the judge yeah. makes a decision on. Uh, and that's just going to bring me to a, that point I mentioned before, which I thought was quite interesting. Just a few days ago, a man was arrested for tying himself to a goalpost in a professional fo a Premier League football match yeah. with a, with a, all those plastic ties yeah. up against the goalpost. Uh, he had a protest going on about something, I don't know, but that's immaterial. He got arrested, he spent uh, just over, I think it was nearly two and a half months in prison on remand. Yeah, right? so a waiting trial, and then basically, when he went innocent, and, and waiting he was guilty, because he pleaded guilty, he didn't deny the offence as such, well, and the judge gave him six weeks in prison. But he was released straight away because that six weeks was smaller than the two and a half so months he's he'd already said. Let's, let's break that down. He, he, he does a peaceful protest, yeah, which, which, is, which is, is breaking the law. It's severely breaking the law, but, it's, but it's, a, it's a small law. It's not a law that's really like going to damage society or, or murder. No. Or like. It's a law, but it's a small yeah, law. Yeah, it disrupted the match for 15 he's minutes. Been held, he's been held on remand in a prison, so yeah. basically being held for two months, awaiting yeah. trial. Yeah. He goes to trial. Pleads guilty because he's happy to say I did yeah. it. I'm holding my hands up, and obviously because he's yeah. protesting, that's, that's obviously part of the process. Where I'm sure will be media attention, and the judge sentences him to six weeks. Yes, and he's just done eight. Well, but, but, uh, nearly ten, I think it was. But the judge gave him six weeks because he felt that was the right sentence. But so, the man had already spent longer, so, so they had to release him straight away. So what, do they, what does he get for that last well, four he weeks? He doesn't go come out of the money back for the I was going to say, surely because they, they do it that but way. The, but the bit that I found interesting, first of all, you could have, would you have given him bail and spent a lot of money keeping someone like that? He isn't what I call, he's just one of the, he was it's a poor man. He might have been, yeah, been, been part of the, the, the green and all those... Um, what they call oh, it. I wasn't sure he was going to go very well restrained there, Mr. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I know what you're saying. It could be anybody. Climate, climate change, or climate police, change, I'm sure it was. But that's academic. Postal or yeah, utilities. What, what I found yeah. interesting was not the fact, first of all, he'd have been happy to be on bail and go, I'm more than happy to come to court. Yeah. And I'll get every TV camera that's there to come with me. Because yeah. I want the appetite. Yeah. So they, so, but if you get somebody invade a pitch, and I've seen it happen a number of times, prison, uh, people that go on the pitch, the, the, the supporters, they're all on the pitch, jumping and laughing or not laughing, disrupt the game for up to 15 to 20 minutes. Yes, all they do is put them back on the stands and carry on with the game. They don't arrest those people for disrupting matches because that's what his offence was, disrupting the match. I'm not quite is sure. That, is, that that is that because there's too many of them? Well, does it matter? Well, I mean, yes, it does make so a difference. So if you want to commit a crime, do it with lots of people. Yeah, because absolutely. Because they normally arrest one or two of you. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what happens in riots. They just get all the people back if you, if, 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 When you have, like, riots, for example, I mean, it's been a while now, but when we think back to some of the Mayday riots and stuff like that, and some of the, some of the big the big riots in, in the UK and London, so like, when it happens en masse, uh, you know, generally, not every... Well, yeah, not generally, but 
a lot of times people will get away with you know looting and, and throwing stuff and all those kind of things. Sometimes they're they can only get dealt with people they see committing. I was going to say obviously that's changing now because CCTV is much better. They go and get them host the event. Yeah. But they're but, identifying yeah. people committing crimes. So if people are coming onto a pitch, you can see who they are, and they're all ticketed. Exactly. So yeah. why is that one individual? Yeah, because it's too, it's too expensive. It's Technically, they did exactly the same as that one man did. Tied himself um, to post to disrupt the so match. That's all right. they did for it. If, if you're going to commit a crime, yeah. do it with loads of people yeah. because it's not worth the yeah. person's time it's to no. take you all to prison. No, no. So, so I look at the law and I go. Sometimes you look at the law and you think, yeah. I just don't seem to make a lot of sense to I'm me. I'm just going to put that out there. We're not advocating. And committing crime with no, lots no. of people committing crime Absolutely at all. Not. We're just saying no. that you know, if you're going to, that's the way to do it. No, we're not advocating it whatsoever. So yeah, please don't commit crimes and say. And the thing is, is we've is talked very sense. much that they're around prison sentences, and that come a lot of that comes down to the more violent crimes. But that's not the only types of sentences. So you've got your you've got your community sentences, and, yeah. and, and there's a lot well, more. I, yeah, we, do, we didn't talk about that. you've got fines, you've got probation, you've got community service. You've got other kinds of exterior kinds of systems going on. Prison generally, you'd like to think, is going to be a last resort for most judges unless the, the, the crime itself demands that person needs to be put away for the safety of the public. That, because it could be a first offence, of course. Well, let, let's, and you're going to go to prison for that. Let's come on to that and the types of sentences you get for certain crimes. Did you, whilst we talk about, um, well, yeah. whilst we talk about uh, community service, did you watch the series The Others that Stephen Merchant wrote? Uh, no, no, I, I haven't seen you should, that. You should yeah, watch that. I can imagine and, that. And also, they filmed it, the, the prison sections, they filmed in Shepton Mallet Prison. Yeah. Um, which is a nice little plug, and I think is probably exactly the right time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how that just looks. You all didn't That's a perfect time to take a quick break. Um, you're listening to Life Behind Bars, and we'll be right back after this. You are listening to Life Behind Bars, produced and created by 50mm Media. Unlock the past and discover what life was like at Shepton Mallet Prison. Relive the history of past prisoners over the last 400 years. Experience what a Victorian prison cell was like for those incarcerated. See where executions were carried out. Walk the landings and prison wings. You'll hear stories of those who worked and lived behind its high walls. See it, touch it, feel it on a journey of discovery at the nation's oldest prison. Visit sheptonmalletprison.com today to find out more. You're listening to Life Behind Bars, produced and created by 50mm Media. Welcome back to Life Behind Bars. Today we're talking about prison sentences. Now I'm curious, I guess I'm curious, it's, it's going to be a really hard question to answer, but let's just pick up in terms of crimes and sentences and try and compare them as, as best as we can. I know they're, they're ranges, so let's take, um, let's take burglary for example. So you commit burglary, break into somebody's house, first offence, that's down to a judge. That's down to a judge to decide whether they give them the minimum that they're entitled to give them yeah. or the maximum. Now, it depends if you're a first-timer. I suspect the judges will lean towards the minimum amount of time to see if that's an effective remedy for somebody that's going to be a burglar. If not, then those times may be 
going up. And it depends on how many burglaries. So if it's multiple burglaries, it may then end up over a period of time, may push the, the sentence upwards, of then course. Then look at other offences as well as that. Sorry? Other offences in general. Yes. Yeah, so you're, yeah, you're that's other kinds so of it's a broad-based brush they use. Yeah, so if, you, if, you, if you're committing more crimes, yes. and then you commit another crime, get caught, chances are a judge is going to look at it and go, well, you keep doing it. This clearly isn't working as a deterrent or as a rehabilitation, right. so we're going to punish you further? I don't know. Our judges make decisions based... I suppose they're all individuals, so they make decisions based on what they see in front of them at the time. But if you've got somebody that, that is returning, that comes out of prison, goes back to prison, comes out of prison, comes back to prison, comes out of prison, goes back to prison, eventually, I mean, in front of a judge, the judge just go, this isn't working. It doesn't work as a deterrent because you keep doing it. Clearly, you're not rehabilitating because you keep doing it. Now, there might be mitigating factors to the reasons why. So do they then just start applying harsher... Punishments, harsher well, sentences. Well, the harsher sentences also allow for longer sentences. I should say, say so. Longer sentences also allow for more rehabilitation work. Yeah, so it does. a short sentence, you don't necessarily get access to no. the same types of programs as longer sentences because some programs are six months long. If okay, so let's say that let's just just take burglary for example. Um, burglary, car theft, you know, what kind of one in the same in the sense of you're stealing something that's not yours or breaking in and stealing something. If you commit the same crime over and over and over, your crime doesn't increase. It's still just you stealing cars or you just breaking into houses. I said just, just breaking into houses, just stealing cars, but you're continuously doing it. Then effectively, each time or after a certain amount of time, judges are going to start giving you longer sentences. But there's a limit. To the top of the tariff. Yeah, they can go to the top of the tariff. Yeah, yeah. So, so the limit is at the top of the tariff, effectively. Yeah. What I think you're saying is that that's almost beneficial for the prisoner because now they can get onto courses they can't do on shorter sentences, which will help them rehabilitate and therefore not commit crime. That also depends because before that they can be given rehabilitation orders on community sentences. Yeah. So community sentences, there's 13, 14 different things that yeah. so you can have your unpaid work. You also have rehabilitation. What happens if they I, think we've got, Go. I think we've got to assume that it, wherever possible, and I not guarantee this, of course, but wherever possible, I imagine judges at magistrates level were limited to a 12 months maximum by the way of more than one sentence. Yeah. You can only give a prisoner six months on an individual um, offence. So if there's two offences, they can give two individual sentences of six months consecutive to make it 12 months, but they're limited to 12. They're thinking of changing and giving magistrates the ability to go to two years, and that's to ease Crown Courts off. Because magistrates can send a prisoner up to Crown Court for sentence if they don't believe within their powers that sentence is long enough. So they can go, I believe you should have longer than that, and the law allows for that, but I can't give it to you, so I'm going to send you up to Crown Court for sentencing. And a prisoner can go, and that's where the, the judge said, they might just still give the same 12 months, but he might give them two years. Yeah. Or he might even only give them six months. But that's the risk that the magistrates takes by sending them up for a longer sentence. And, and there's, when you think of sentences like that, everybody assumes that it's all, well, there's two kinds of sentences, determinate sentences, and there's indeterminate sentences. In other words, no end. Oh, just, break, just break those down for people very quickly, the difference between... So determinate sentence is fixed. Yeah. It's a fixed time, maximum time. Of that, there's an expectation there'll be a period of time in there where you'll be released and you'll go out onto licence. So 12 months, maximum you can do is 12 months, but you might get out after. Well, you usually get out. Roughly about, about half halfway through. So, so you it's get not to an get absolute guarantee. Guaranteed maximum of 12. Right. But you so could get out of 
it's six and then you'd be on license yes. to 12. But the law's been changed relatively recently because they well, used to be in about 10 years and you could get out roughly about five. But that's not true. Depending on the offence now, yeah. and it depends, I think if the offence is one of violence or drugs or serious, what they call, they call it the serious offences and that's probably got its own list of which there'll be many things in of course. Um, if you get seven years or longer, then you don't get this half time out. What you do is you're looking at a two-thirds system now where you will serve longer. So if you get 10 years, you're likely to serve closer to seven years rather than five. And even then, it's a parole decision whether you get released. Whereas anything like below that four years and under is relatively automated unless there's yeah. a reason that it shouldn't be. That so it's really- Demons not major. Not maybe minor, but not major. It's become instance. more complicated because I remember uh, years ago, many years ago, they used to have the Habitual Criminals Act. And what a judge could do under <laughs> 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 It's been a proper school day. Yeah. Did you say habitual? Habitual I Criminals thought, Act. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now that makes some sense. Now. Yeah, Habitual Criminals Act. still lost. But yeah, yeah. It's, it, and, and the reality is, judges then could give you a life sentence based on the Habitual, habitual Criminals Act. You were just an incorrigible person. You were in and out uh, for the same on and okay. on and on. You are never going to change. You are never going to change. And so there's no point in us making this effort of trying to give Well, that's what chance. I was saying earlier about people that commit might commit the same crime over and over and over yeah. and over. They never increase it, but they yeah. can continue to do it. But it was technically a life sentence yeah. of which then they might might get you might get out later. They replaced that because they did away with it altogether. Then it was replaced uh, about 2002 with what they call IPP. Yeah. When you think about it, so prisoners didn't have to commit a murder to end up with a life sentence or a very serious crime. A judges could be an IPA, imprisonment for public protection, which sounds a bit like habitual criminal act. So what they did is they could then go, you're now serving an IPP. There is no end date, so it's indeterminate, ah, right, but your minimum term will be three years. So indeterminate is... The opposite, you get a minimum term rather than a maximum term, yes. and it just keeps going until... Yes. Now, the, the big problem that's with, what you used to work The big problem with IPP sentences was is that the idea behind it was quite sound when you think about it. It was said, there's three years. You can expect to be released in three, possibly four years, but the condition is you must apply yourself to the programmes that you've been given based on judgments about what you need. That, that wasn't, that, so that worked, made some sense. The problem with it was, is they never resourced it. There were prisoners sitting in jail for, I got a prison when I was at Featherston. He was nine years in and he got a four year tariff date on his indeterm. He was already serving nine years. And he said, I've always there been willing. I've always been willing to do the course. That wasn't the space, yeah. But, but well, they that was the they thing about Shepton, wasn't it? So that's it? why it failed and they did away with it in 2012, yeah. I Well, I remember that in Shepton Mallet Prison, which is, which is where you worked. Or maybe you're better to say than me about the whole it, it was under resourced and there was only so many spaces on the program yeah. and it was only i think it was like three prisons in the country or something like that that ran specific programs of which shepton was one it wasn't many and there were only so many places so it's like there's 50 places in the whole country but there's 500 people that need them yes. places take That's so long and some people have to go through them twice and, yeah. and although it's it's not quite as simple as it is on the outside where it's like well you know there's there's so many places well, i just drive to a different training center you've got to apply and then you it's not just you can't just be dropped down there for the day you've got to be in that prison so you've got to get switched over into that jail which means somebody else has got to come out yeah but there are still prisoners like, in prison today on the ipp sentence and it was done away with 10 years ago we did away with IPPs, so somebody that was caught right at the back end of that IPP in 2011, 2012 as a sentence might have been given five or six or seven years as a minimum and gone way beyond it. 
because it's about the... It, it, it's can, prisoners, about, can prisoners pay to have those programmes done privately? Because you could obviously well, go and do those programmes not that I'm privately, aware of, the same as you can do healthcare privately. You can, you know, you've got a bad knee at the moment, so you, you can wait for the NHS or you can pay to go privately. Yeah, I, I'm not aware of that, I must be honest. I, the criminal justice system, I don't think, allows for that I to happen. I mean, in fairness, majority of prisoners for... probably couldn't afford to pay for no. it privately, but no. I'm just curious as to whether it's... Yeah. a lot of scope for... Um, debate over quality. Quality, yeah. Um, well, they proved that with the probation service when they privatised will have the probation service. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure the quality argument would be quite the same. Again, I, I, I know I can prove this because we both have a friend that works both for, 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 their, for, their, for their role in the NHS I'm and also works privately, and they deliver the same service. Same as a lot of I'm doctors that do. I'm not talking about the quality of the programme necessarily. I'm talking here about... Um, the recommendation at the end of it, depending on who's paying for that thing. So if someone's paying, if that person's paying for something, I think, I think, I think, they, pay for, I think they, I think they pay for it up front, regardless of recommendation, like, as opposed but, to, but, well, here's 50% up front and 50% upon you giving the giving the even so it yeah, creates yeah, a... It created a thing that was... What's it called when the... The conflict of interest. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, if yeah. It essentially creates a conflict I, I of think, interest. I, think, on that I, I believe all that can be eradicated, but I do believe well, you're correct they did because the trouble. Um, hold on, sorry, just say something. I think, hold on, two seconds. I think I think you're right because the problem is the only people that will be able to afford it are going to be probably those that maybe shouldn't be. Like it's, going, it's going to be the higher echelons yeah. of society. It's going to be your, you know, your your footballers, whatever it might be, and they can therefore they're just paying so to get out of jail, which is back to the well, Georgian system of when they split up, when they split up the probation service, Sorry. they all brought out a thing. I think it was called something new, some kind of community service programs written in there, and it was a bit like your ETS programs, your Cog Skills programs. And the reality with that is the government said, yeah, yeah, we're going to have all these outside agencies, and you can set them up in all the different areas around the country. However, we're only going to pay you on results. First of all, I go, how do you measure result? How long do you measure it over? When does it become a successful? If you only get paid in it, there's a huge risk then. There may be some manipulation of that, what's passed and what's failed, to get income coming in. And it just failed. How, 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 what, what is a result if somebody doesn't commit a crime for six months? Is that a result? It 12 months, back, two years, how long do you wait? It comes back to that investment in preventative, doesn't it? In yeah. term, instead of always worrying about yeah. Later on, it's like they spoke the in the first place yeah. and not worrying about this. Horses golden now, close the game. Yeah, so. let, let me go yeah. back to the, to the, to the uh, lower ends of, of sentences. So, 12 months and less, and I think there was a, a figure, I can't remember what it's at the top of my head, and, 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 and Graham, you'll, you'll probably know it. There's a huge percentage of the current prison population that are on 12 months or less. Uh, the, the, the last time I did the research, remember these figures will be always a couple of years old coming yeah, from government yeah, sources. Yeah, and it is from a government source as well. And I'll <laughs> 46% of prisoners in jail serve six months or less. Six months or six less. Months so nearly six half, months. That half it might get to twelve, or it might be an actual sentence of six months and do three, yeah. or it may be twelve and only serve six. So, so we're talking 46 about 42, 43,000 people. So nearly uh, yeah, half, yes. 40, about 43,000 yeah. prisoners at the moment yeah. are in prison on a sentence of six months or less. And, or 12 a, months and there is an honest question to ask there. The honest question to ask is, what do you do with somebody that may only be serving five weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, or 15 weeks? Yeah, what do you, you do with somebody program. like that? What is the value to the prisoner and what is the value to society? Now, we understand about punishment, and we talk about that, and we talk about putting people away, hopefully to put them off committing crime. We understand all that. But if somebody's coming in time and time and time again, then obviously it's not a deterrent. 
whatever you're giving them. The answer may be, in some cases, then give them longer, but that may be more detrimental than positive, or try to deal with it before you get to that problem in the first place, and that comes back to prevention, of course. But the answer is we've got a huge amount of our prisoners on this roundabout, in and out, in and out of jail. By the time you've got them on a course, uh, you're off next week, lad, where? where to? Oh, we've got you going off now, you're going to start... A I'm getting out in two weeks' time because I've been given HDC, tagging as they call it. Yeah, yeah. Because if you serve under four years, you have got a good chance of receiving some time off that half time. So you may not serve two, you might only serve just over 18 months because you might get three or four months on electronic tagging. That's usually an incentive that's given for good behaviour in prison. And, and governors decide on that, whether that's uh, with the team, of course, whether that's allowed. So it's still a decision that's made. It's not automatic HDC, but there is an emphasis on governors to give it wherever it's possible to give it. So that because to keep the prison population numbers down and to get prisoners out sooner than later. That's what how it goes. It comes to looking when it's a habitual in that sense where we keep, repeat, repeat, repeat fencing, then it's looking at, isn't it, it preventive, but also they, that support when they are back out then to help change. Yeah, how do you do that? You know, and it's not easy. I'm, I'm, I, I don't and know it doesn't work with everybody. Never yeah, I don't know if you'll know this off the top of your head or whether it's something we'll, we'll probably have to research, I would imagine. How many of those 43,000 prisoners are on first offences? Uh, no, I wouldn't know without looking at the research. Because I, I know that when I, I, I spoke to a governor, a, a prison governor... First offences are not commonly coming to jail. First offenders, unless it's a serious right, crime... First, 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 first jail visit, right, maybe not first, yeah. yeah. first offences, first prison sentence. Yeah. Yeah. There may be a cool history of some kind of yeah. very low level Because crime there is a difference there. between the first time you actually go into jail, because, you know, even yeah. walking through it on a public tour for example or just being able to see the inside which of course you can now do um, is a case of going people sitting oh my god it's really actually quite bleak you know when you actually see it physically as opposed to on tv shows or on youtube yeah. whatever it might be there is a difference seeing it in your own world standing in a cell shutting the door behind you realizing how small it is looking at the beds the bed springs everything that kind of comes with it that reality and i know that I, there was a governor i spoke to um, a, a ex-prison governor and he said that his belief was anybody that gets a first custodial sentence of six months or less should serve a maximum of 10 days uh, and that's the taster I suppose yeah and that's exactly that where he was coming from because it, what he was explaining is he goes the first few days of prison the very first time you come he goes depending on the level of crime but you know realistically if it's a big crime it, it's a long sentence anyway within the six months the type of sentences so you come in and the first few days are oh my god oh my Christ how am I going to survive this and you, you're sort of really trying to figure well, out that's, that, that's he said after, because sorry, two seconds. So he said after seven to ten days and specifically I think his margin was around the seven to ten day mark he wasn't exactly sure whether it was seven days or ten days he said but at that point you suddenly realise prison maybe isn't as difficult or as challenging or as potentially dangerous and they are still dangerous as maybe you thought, and suddenly the stereotypes have gone, and what happens is you start to then connect with other prisoners, and you start to learn, it's, and before you know it, you're actually maybe having more of an education rather than a deterrent. So he was like, but that short stint is enough to scare you, yeah. but not, it, um, uh, what's the word? Um, not, you get comfortable. Uh, yeah, learn not, how not, to survive not, it. Yeah, and it, and as you yeah, say, that's what I think it is. Rather than it's being less scary, you learn how to survive how to live well yeah but then it becomes less scary 
Yeah. It's that's the definition of becoming less scary. More, okay, the threat less might be not any gradual worse. When you said I've less dangerous, it's not about less dangerous. It is about it, how you, to... Yeah, yeah, sorry, yes. I've often wondered about the carrot and the stick with a prison sentence because when I started off in the old Borster system, the sentence was automatically six months minimum to two years long. Judges didn't have a, a choice in that. They said, I sentence you to Borstal training. That's all. You had open and closed borstals, which was a good thing. So your non-violent prisoner were not locked up in the same place as some of your violent young men were. Uh, it was 17 to 21 years old that you were held there. And if you were in that place, you could serve a minimum of six months. And it was all depending on your attitude and behaviour. So what there was was a carrot and a stick. If you get your heads down, do your education that you need, or do your vocational training, and you behave in a proper way, you switch on and get, get caught up and all that, you're looking at about seven months at a push. They always said the target date was 40 weeks for a prisoner, so just on 10 months. But some got out in eight or nine, the very best behaviour ones, really first-timers that were coming in into jail. And then they said, but you can spend a lot longer in jail if you want to. This is really your choice. We're giving you the responsibility for how long you spend in jail. I say this to my child when I send her to a bedroom. <laughs> it's like, how, it, how long you spend in some relative sense. Yeah, yeah. But, but then they changed yeah. that in the early 80s and they changed it to determinate sentences. So they might give a, a young offender three months in jail. And what they might, you might get with that is, so if I don't really break the rules really badly, but I just don't bother with any programs and tell them I can't be arsed, I'll just sit in a room and do nothing, as long as I don't do anything that attracts a longer sentence, you'll have to let me out in three months' time. Yes, yeah. okay, then I ain't gonna do anything. I'll just sit in the classroom and just twiddle with a pencil and write a load of rubbish on there. Because you can't keep me any longer than you can keep me. Because right. you've given me a you, three months, you, you've given me a determinate sentence. Whereas with the Borsal system, the choice is yours, lad. It's yeah. up to you. The better you do, the quicker you get out of the And board. that comes down to resourcing again, because that's that, like the IPP situation. You must have the resources you, to fill it up. You've right? got people on I short know, sentences who can get out after that short sentence if they've made some progress. Yes. But you I'm, need the resourcing of education. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that... I mean, resourcing is definitely a problem, without a doubt. If you have, again, listen to episode three. The only three, true we, thing you can start straight away when a prisoner first steps in jail, the only effective thing, the thing that can actually start the day they come in, is detox for a drug offender. Yeah, yeah, but you can do that immediately, and that, you can be effective over the next few weeks, few months, whatever. Yeah. What the outcome of that is after the event, and where you go from that point on. It's but the only thing you can start, and, and you can do some very basic education. But I've got to be honest. No offence to the teachers; they did a wonderful job in Shrewsbury. But we're not holding the prisoners <laughs> very long. We're not. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it's it, I get it, it, it's yeah. English math. No, we had a lot of education, but we were working well, with. You're never going to start to do any. Let me come back to prison sentences. Jump you off the point slightly. What you, what you said a minute ago, what you described there about um, uh, young offenders, you literally just described my my life with with, with my with my daughter who's, who's 11, 11 and a half. Because what you've described, and I, I agree, resourcing is a problem. You listen to episode three, we spent a lot of time talking about under resourcing. I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot more. But actually, I wonder, and it's a but, sorry, um, I wonder whether there's a huge piece here about the way that we actually think about it. And I like to think that I'm a relatively, relatively intelligent, academic intelligent, but world intelligent, and you know, a relatively decent person. And what I see with my child is exactly what you've just, you've just said. Then. She might do something, break some rules, I said rules, but you know, she might do something in a sense of whatever it might be. I'm sure there'll be people listening that have got kids that can, that can appreciate you. Obviously, you've, you've, you've got children. So in that sense, of, you know, there are times you go, right, go to your room. So that's a custodial sense. Exactly that. So, so, so I'm sending her to a room and she's like, how long am I going to my room for? Well, you go for 10 minutes. Well, I bloody hate you. 
15 minutes. Right, there you go. 20 minutes. We're not going to swear. You don't swear in my car. Right, half an hour. Want to try for an hour? Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. So she'll go in. And sometimes I'll leave like her Alexa in there so she can listen to music so the help comes down. Other times I'll be like, nope, I'm having that. You're not having anything. You've got books and toys yeah. and stuff. I take She's safe, she's secure, but that is absolutely a custodial sentence. And then based on the based on what she does next, depends on how long she stays there. So if she comes out and says, I'm really sorry, Dad, that was really mean of me and apologize. We might have a conversation about it and she might do a whole sentence of half an hour. She might do half a sentence because I'm like, do you know what? I should probably let her out. Maybe I was a little bit harsh, whatever. And, and that comes out. I promise you, she will repeat offend within a couple of days. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. But the sentence won't get harsher. It's just the same sentence. So what I'm, what I'm getting at here, I'm, I'm sure there will be people out there get this. It can't just be me. Is that's exactly the same as what we're doing with, with the Borstal system or with, with, with yeah, the Young Offender yeah, system. In a different way. But, yeah. Is that not a problem in the way that both that system and also the way me as a parent are dealing with my young offender? Um, because there must be a different way of getting to where we want to be, which is that she's happier, we don't have those kind of eruptions in quite the same way. They're always going to happen to a point because they're kids, but you know, she doesn't end up in a custodial environment where she's locked in her room. Not locked in her room, I should say. This is more this atmosphere. But I'm just saying, is, this is, is, is that not, we're talking about the problem is resourcing, and that's yeah. definitely part of the problem, but actually isn't the big part of the problem the way that we look at it, I'll, I'll, I will, I'll shut up there now, but I'll say one more thing. Now, I heard Dawn French say this in an interview, and she said, the time you hate your child the most, which is when they're kicking off, screaming, punching, shouting, swearing, whatever it might be, that's the time they need the most amount of love. Yes, it's a time you love, it's, it's the biggest guilt time for you as well. Nobody punishes a child because they think it's makes me feel good when we punish a child. Well, actually, unfortunately, unfortunately, done, unfortunately, there are some people yeah. out there that, that yeah. do. My, that's a different, my daughter different, was a past master. Yeah. I tell you this, I told her to head to her bedroom sometime and as I'm walking from the living room to the kitchen, there'd be this little piece of paper floating down, down the stairs for mom, and, and I'd pick it up and she'd go, I love you very much, Daddy. I'm really sorry I've been such a, such a naughty girl. Would you read me a story before I go to bed? I, <laughs> and I had to resist it for a little while, but I, I went up a lot sooner than I might have done had she yeah. never done that. But, but we managed, that's human life, folks. But how many times did that happen? Uh, it, it, a couple of times, yeah, yeah. a couple of times, but that, that we were all the same. That's yeah. human nature, folks. You, you have to have some kind of system, uh, or I suppose you can call it punishment if you want, or correction. That's just human nature. Animals do it as well. They correct their cubs and their young when they... But do dogs do it by biting them. Yes, but they bite them in such a way. Yeah, but dogs don't not... have other means, do they? <laughs> <laughs> they Maybe. don't say, well, let's sit down and have a conversation. Woof, woof, arf, arf, woof, 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 woof. If dogs were conscious, they could be... No, I'm, I, let me bring it back on the point. Because the, the thing was, I looked at this, I looked at this in reflection. And this was a prison sentence. I gave my daughter a prison sentence. Yes, because you sentence, you did. And I looked at it afterwards, I went, do you know what? When the very beginning point where it started, where it changed, where it, where it escalated from, I was like, maybe what I should have done was just given her a hug. Or maybe I should have just... Yeah, you know, I, I should have applied love as opposed to... You know. I, I guess the stick, more carrotless stick. Did you, uh, the, 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 the thing is, is there is a difference there between, but, but by the time we've got to the prison part and where we're doing repeat prison sentences as opposed to a child going child. to their room. Um, Hopefully, child are going to experience learning. Yeah, in the in the resource front. <laughs> right, yeah. 
there is a difference there. In a, in a family environment, there's a lot less people and that you can maybe apply a slightly different approach and a different mentality in terms of how you view something as well, depending what the scenario is. And the emotional um, reaction on both parts. Yeah. When it comes to repeat offences, yeah. you do need resources because you're talking about multiple numbers, and it, all both situations is coming down to education. Well. Yeah. Um, you know, you're helping them learn how to control emotions. So that's all comes back to education again. But to provide education to however many thousand prisoners, that that needs more resource than the one parent and the one child. Did you ever sit down with your daughter and decide? between you what would be a good set of punishments and behaviour? Sure, I, I have done that in the past with my kids and yeah. It's quite interesting. And, yeah, it's always, it's always playtime, chocolate, iPad. <laughs> so, no, they're, they're very good at self, um, yeah. self-actualisation. Yeah, they're very good at self-punishment in that sense. And it's difficult because I don't, don't want to punish kids. So I think we've, we've come slightly off the point, but I think it was um, it, what I was just getting at and, and it's really apparent to me as well from, from, from you know, wandering around prisons and having conversations like, God, how often do I put my children in prison? Because that's exactly what we're doing. Remember, there's a whole, them from there's a whole element of society, society that still believes in actual corporal punishment and actually physically harming a child. Um, yeah, 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 I, I, yeah. I saw this the other day on, somebody's face, on, fa- on Facebook and saying, well, you know, part of the problem nowadays is kids don't have any discipline at home. If you smack them, it's not going to do yeah. any damage to them. Well, I remember somebody saying that they said, I, I give my children a good clout when they deserved it, and they're good people. I said, well, how do you know they weren't going to be good people if you've never done yeah, them? Yeah, I, I can. You can't always lay that hitting them proves the theory. No, it's like and the prison hitting a child will never, ever benefit a child's behaviour. Prison populations have increased, so yeah, therefore yeah. how did hitting of those children help? No, hitting, hitting, <laughs> and, and we're, we're all from a generation, that's you, you certainly are, but we're all from a generation where, where children were hit. Yes. You're from a generation where it would happen at school on a, on a well, yeah, caning existed you know. when I was in school. Caning didn't yeah. exist in our in our yeah. in our in our lifetime. Yeah. Uh, um, but certainly, you know, hitting kids and, and you know that's never gonna gonna be no. that. But you'll yes. always have an argument with that, and you might get some responses to that uh, because I, everybody oh, thinks differently yeah, in yeah. But I don't think it's against the law in this country, is it yet? No, it is. No, it is. Yeah, you can't. You that can't must be reason I thought it wasn't actually can. against the law. Yes. Oh, in Scotland it is. We're going to take a break. So we're going to take a break. So I will I will check that. Yes. You're listening to Life Behind Bars. We're going to take a very short break now and we'll be right back after this. You are listening to Life Behind Bars, produced and created by 50mm Media. Welcome to Shrewsbury Prison, Shropshire's number one tourist destination. Step behind the gates of this 200-year-old prison and discover an unknown world. Heritage tours run by ex-officers, where you can see the cells, walk the landings, see and touch the history. But there's so much more going on. Experience one of our brilliant activities or take part in our world-renowned events. From escape rooms to axe throwing, overnight sleepovers to prison break, we do it all. And there's something for all the family, with activities starting from eight years, events from 12 years, and heritage tours for all ages. Visit our restaurant and experience food behind bars. There really is so much to see, do and discover on a day out at Shrewsbury Prison. Visit us at www.shrewsburyprison.com You're listening to Life Behind Bars, produced and created by 50mm Media. 
Welcome back to Life Behind Bars. You're watching episode four, and today we're discussing prison sentences. As we left for the break, we were just talking about smacking children. I've done the research in the break, as, as, as I said I would. Um, it, 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 as, as we said, in Scotland, it is unlawful for a parent to smack their child. Um, that was brought in in 7th November 2020, it's nearly two years ago. And will be two years ago probably by the time this airs. Um, in England, um, it is unlawful for a parent to smack their child in England, except as that keyword there, um, where this may amount to a reasonable punishment. And how do you define that? Yeah, what's reasonable? Well, I felt putting my child in her room is a reasonable punishment, but smacking them for me would be, would be too far. Yeah. Absolutely. Too. I, I think, you know, hit, hitting kids is, is, is you far beyond. Yeah. Oh, you can't measure You shouldn't hit anybody. You can't hit an adult, so why should you hit a child? No, that's right. Who and, more and often than not end up in this cycle of these prison sentences yeah. that we started off on. Yeah. 
And if there was that early preventative support then that needs resourcing, then maybe we wouldn't be in support. And you're absolutely right. There's a charity that, that we work with. Uh, that we'd, we'd, uh, Emma and I both sit on a, on a charitable board and we, we, we the charity that we work with um, we the board with, they, they partner with other charities and one of the charities they, they've been chatting with is a charity called Children Seen and Heard, um, which is a charity supporting specifically children of people that have gone to prison because they have seen a world that most children don't even know exists. And, and, and what's left after? They've seen a lifetime in the first yeah. 10 years of their life, some of these kids. Coming, coming back to prison sentences, um, because I think that's, that's, that's oh. what we were. It's a family bit out of the way. Let's go, let's go to the top end. Top end? Yeah. Life sentences. Well, life sentences. Life sentences. So much confusion from a public over life sentences. Well, there is, because uh, when, I, when I do the tours with people, I, nearly, I always ask, anybody tell me how long a life sentence is? And I will always get a number it's getting life. back to me. It's life. No, but they'll say yeah, ten so years. I go, you're correct, say, yeah. and they go, I got, they got twenty. I go, you're correct. You're all correct. Underneath ninety-nine years, technically, life sentences are automatically for the rest of your life. Yeah. The only thing that judges can do, they can set a minimum term of that sentence. So if they go, I'm giving you a life sentence, and you're going to be serving a minimum term, the tariff date they call it, is fifteen years, twenty years. You will serve that to that day. It doesn't matter how well behaved you are. You can be the greatest prisoner that's ever walked into the prison system in the world. That's your minimum term, unless there's something like intervention by uh, uh, life-threatening illness, terminal illness might change that just yeah. before you die. So yeah, you get released into a hospice, for example, terminal yeah, cancer. Yeah, but, but let's exclude that, say, under normal condition. That's it. You don't get into it. I've known prisoners with 20-year tariff dates still in jail after 25, sometimes up to 30 years. Parole boards make the decision about whether you go at that earliest point in time or sometime after that event. And, and then when you come out, you're on life license for the rest of your life, which means there's a huge amount of control placed on you while you're living. You're still a prisoner. Yeah. You're just allowed to live outside the doors. That's all. It was yeah. one of the things I always felt I had to explain to people. Like you'd see um, in the media and there's particularly there's been this particularly high profile case and yeah. they've been given like 10 15 years and there's always this big outcry about 10 years that's not you know it's nothing well, well, it is what it but, is and, yeah. you know, and often oh they'll be out in like five years no with a life sentence that's the minimum served time, time. and then they have to have proved that well, they, they have are to safe they, they have to they have to prove with and there needs to be evidence that behavioural evidence yeah. that they are a reduced risk to society yeah. before they're there. It's interesting that because I remember a prisoner coming back here to initially to us, he was arrested because he breached his licence and he missed two appointments with the, the people, like it wasn't MAPA then but it was something else and it took him nearly three years to get re-released because the emphasis is on the prisoner. When you get arrested and the parole board generally have made the decision to recall you back to prison and that's for breach of licence, not committing another crime, um, the emphasis is on you to get your barrister's solicitors to argue why you should be released. It isn't the parole board's job to make that judgment. You have to prove to them. And the other thing I'd like to say, which many people may disagree with, and I understand that, I don't necessarily agree disagree with this, but, uh, when they decide whether a prisoner should be released or not, at any stage where the parole board's involved, it's never based on the offence, it's based on the risk. Yeah, it sounded hard to get your head because you're going to have something a horrific crime, a horrific crime. David McCreevy. Uh, yeah, and they serve twenty or thirty years in jail. When the parole board look at whether that person be released, they don't go, "What did he do?" They know what they've done. They go, yeah. "What is the risk when they step outside this door? Is it a manageable risk or not?" 
And I've got to be honest with the parole board, there's always going to be a risk involved. In human nature, you cannot get everything right all the time. But I know some people may say, well, lock them up all for life. I go, you'll never build enough prisons fast enough. Well, and, and, and the thing just... is, is, you also get people on these long, these extended sentences, these life sentences, that they might be the only crime they've ever committed, but yes. it's an emotional yes. crime. Yeah. And therefore, what's yeah. the gain to yeah. keeping them yeah. in? Well, if, got... if their risk is deemed to be yeah. manageable in the community, yeah. then what's, what's yeah. the benefit of keeping them inside? Yeah. Prison. And then you've got to start differentiating between murder, which is intent, and then you've got manslaughter, and then you've got culpable manslaughter or voluntary manslaughter and involuntary manslaughter, which attract two different kind of sentences. Uh, it is possible to get a life sentence for other things than murder. Judges have discretions over those things. There's literally what they call the mandatory sentence, which the judge has to give out, uh, depending on the crime that's committed like murder. I don't have a choice. I can set the tariff date, but I don't have a choice. It's a life sentence. Or they can go, I'm giving you a life sentence based on, I believe it's the right sentence to give you uh, based on the offence that you've committed. And that might decide where their tariff date sits on that. But they're both exactly the same. Uh, whether Whatever they're given for, they're both the same sentences. When it, the um, risk is reviewed then, it's the, the about risk review depends. how they're managed in the community yeah. as well. So yeah. those conditions that Graham was talking about in terms of uh, not necessarily breaking laws, it's about they might not be able to go to certain areas, they might only be out in certain yeah. hours, might not yeah. allow to be able to have alcohol or computer access. It, yeah. Depending on the crime, the, the, the conditions the, the that are set are to, keep, to reduce the risk of that person. Yeah. About, I think it was about five or six years ago. Now, it's actually interesting because the film, the, the story that was done here at Time, yeah. was very loosely, or very part of it was quite closely based onto a real story. Because about some years ago, I might have been around Manchester area, a headmaster of a school was separated from his wife. So they were, and it wasn't a good separation. Went back to the house. Nobody really knows what happens in that film. But he ended up killing her. And he got charged with murder. This is his first offence. This is a headmaster of a school that worked probably for 20s, early 60s, I think he was. Or it might have been, no, it might have been 50s anyway. But a, a good citizen by anybody's standards, right? And I don't know what's happened because I never followed it up. But one assumes yeah. that he probably got found guilty and would have been given the life sentence. Okay, and all that. So he's in that world then where he, the chances of him ever coming out and going and committing that kind of crime again is probably so rare. So rare. So so you, now you might say they should stay in prison as a punishment, but you've got to ask what the value's got to be of that. What, you, and if you're going to give somebody all that, you have to realise what the value's going to be. And they go, well, he, he wouldn't do it again. So he probably wouldn't do it again anyway. I don't know. I'm not judging. You one way the people other that you've worked with. I, I'm giving it as similar a, cases, haven't you? As a case rather yeah, than a thing. But. I did work with someone who, again, yeah, it was. Uh, oh, well, here we go. This is this is. The, I mentioned this a few episodes ago. This is the balance between the Official Secrets Act and what I can and can't say. Well, I'll, 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 I'll say. I'll say. I'll say. You can't really name people that may be no, serving the Well, I think. I think the trouble is where I think where I'm at is that it's one of those. that's that's a media one, and, and it, if she talks about it, it's a difficult one to talk about. And actually, it is. Yeah. I don't if it's in the public domain, it's all let, right. Let me give you. Let me give you early reprieve. Um, if we if we take. McCready, for example, we spoke about him actually when we did the, the little pilot for, 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 for this show. And McCready committed a horrific offence. I guess it's a point really rather than a question, it's more of a statement. But he committed a horrific offence, sentenced to 20 years, served 45, paroled in uh, 2018. 
um, and out with anonymity. I think we're going to talk about anonymity at another point. Um, we won't have time to do it today. But that's exactly that. And, and the reason he was released was because he was no longer deemed a danger to the public. The crime was irrelevant. It was the position yeah, of behaviour as to where he is now. Whether he should or shouldn't have been released, and I think we'll probably pick this up later in the series, or whether he should or shouldn't have had something like the death penalty, and we, I know this name will crop back up when we get to the death penalty, because I'll ask the question, um, but it, it, is, it is that balance. It, it, it's the, it comes down to what's, who does it serve to keep someone? If their risk is deemed manageable in society, who does it serve to keep them in prison? Because then it's taxpayer that pays for the prisons yeah. to run. Um, yeah. the, on the victim front, the pain doesn't ever go away. No matter what you yeah, do, no, whether that person's in prison yeah, or out totally prison, yeah. the victim side of it, yeah. It, they they are always going to experience the same pain. So therefore, uh, it doesn't. I them mean, being in prison doesn't make you feel better. It doesn't change. I mean, the, ta the taxpayer will still be paying for it. The other side of that coin, and I will stand on the other side because I don't. I'm not here to, to to give any particular biased view about things personally. There have been prisoners that have been released from prison on a life sentence that have committed murder again. Yeah. It happens. It's about how society manages that and whether we think, can you stop it completely? Is it possible? Is that not possible? Uh, I think we all in society want everything to be such a definite thing. We want things to be right and never make a mistake. And that's just never going to happen in life. We go through our lives and make loads of mistakes. Fortunately, they're not the ones that get us into prison or harm people. But people, it's good. People make decisions that make mistakes. It's just happened now just recently. Uh, and that's at a government level where they decided that 45p reduction doesn't exist anymore. It's only been out for 10 days and they decided to scrap the 45p tax rate down to 40 yeah. and applied it. That's a mistake, but it made a huge difference in society. It affected society. But we won't go down that road. No, it's a mistake that shouldn't be made. It's, it's a mistake. <laughs> you can say it shouldn't have been made in the first place. Shouldn't have been made. No, if you're running, if you're running an economy the size yeah. of the UK, yeah. you shouldn't be making mistakes like I expect, you know... I wouldn't expect, no, he shouldn't make mistakes like that. No. So I was going to give but an example. You can go to any country me, in the world and you'll never find any society that always gets it right every time. Okay, just so let me, let, me, let me just throw a quick figure at you. Now, these, these are pulled off quick, quick levels of research, so maybe 100% accurate, and again, they're a couple of years behind the times. But 8,000, 8,500 people currently in the UK yeah. are serving a life sentence, yeah. which is more than France, Germany, and Italy combined. Put together. How many of those people are serving what we call a whole life tariff? Guaranteed to stay in prison for their entire life. I think it floats around about the 65, 67. That figure will change as people die, yeah. but it will probably be replaced by people that are coming into the system. Because do we still give full life yes. tariff? Yes. And, and what for? Um, they're usually going to be for terrorist offences, because yeah. uh, the judges are limited to that, by the way, as well. They're limited to that. If you could convicted of a single murder, I don't think a whole life tariff is applicable. Yes. They're limited. So it's terrorist offences or mass murder Serial. or serial killers. We spoke about those in the yeah. last that, in episode. Now, four, and they can't give it to anybody questions. under, I think Two. it's under the age of 21. You cannot give a whole life sentence out to a, technically what we call young offenders, even though that's 21 and under. Interestingly, in Manchester, with the Manchester bomber, obviously, that, that, that Manchester bomber took their own lives as well, they arrested the brother some years later, didn't they? Yeah. And they charged him with being conspiring to, to commit that offence of terrorism. But the judge couldn't give him a whole life tariff, which he would have done had he been over the age. 
So we give him 55-year tariff date, the highest tariff date that's ever been given in this country in its history. He said, I can't give you a whole life tariff, but I want you to be in prison for that long. It's academic. And I think he was about 20 at the time, because you get convicted on the age you commit the crime, not the age that you come to court. It's retrospective in that sense. So he said, I can't give you a whole 55 years tariff date. That will put him up into his 80s. Yeah. if they bother to release him at all. Yeah. So effectively, it's probably the same thing. He'll probably die before he gets released from prison. But that's because the judge managed to get round that restriction because there's no restriction on tariff dates, believe it or not. As long as they leave a window of opportunity for them to have some release from prison, however old that might be. Somebody's at 86, has just been convicted of murdering their wife oh, and son 40-odd yeah. years ago. Yeah. He's 86 years old. Yeah, it's just being put, given two life sentences. I often, that sounds awful, this. I wonder if he didn't confess to it. Why? Because he thought, well, I'm pretty close to a care home. Yeah. I've got to prison, and it's a lot cheaper. Because they're not going to give him, they, they're not going to keep him in a high security prison. I can guarantee no, you that. As a white person, he's, 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 no he's, no he's, he's in a wheelchair. He's no risk at all. He'll end up in an open prison relatively quickly. Yeah. And he'll just get about his business and get up at the daytime. They won't be locking the doors. He might go up and work in the gardens and fit around in that. Probably what he was going to do with his life outside here. Really? Um, so you go, I think I confess. I, I can't afford a care, Rumpy. No, I, I, I know what to we get to a serious, a serious conversation. We can finish on a light note. I think yeah, that's but, part of what the show is about. Prison officers and probably many prison staff, just like nurses and doctors do, you have a very dark sense of humour. Because when you're living in a very dark yeah. world and serious things, you come out with these things because it lightens the load. Nurses, I imagine, and surgeons, when they've got people on that stretch, I bet you they have a great laugh down there. When they <laughs> they do when you're on the table. <laughs> no, they don't. Oh, my. Oh, my. It's a way of We can get a bow and arrow. Yeah. He's coming over the bridge. Yeah, look out. Look out. Hey, yes. Okay, you're, you're absolutely right. It is in the 60s. I'm not sure the exact number, but it is in the 60s of whole life sentences and or whole life orders, as I believe they're called. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. We, we tend to call them whole life full-life tariffs or something. Yeah, we, life tariffs. Uh, yeah. and there's always, it's always interesting yeah. to me that yeah. you know, what we call it on the outside, which is where I would sit, and what you guys call it on the inside, because it's always different. And I was, I was always, I guess, surprised by the amount Acronyms and abbreviations that there are for everything in a prison service. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. I'm just like, this is just, you're, just, you're, just, you're just sending me entire letters. That's it. You can write a letter with letters. You can write a letter with letters. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway um, I know that this will come back up. I know McCreevy will come back up because I know down the line, I, it's scheduled for episode eight. We're going to talk about the death penalty. Um, and, and funny enough, in episode seven, we're going to do manslaughter and murder with diminished responsibility and then building into the death penalty, which I know will be a highly contentious and highly debated, discussed, and probably a highly tempered um, discussion because I have my position on where I think with some of these criminals. We'll bring some examples of that. Um, but yeah, I think we've, we've, we, we maybe will try and pick up on some specifics of, of actual prison sentences at certain points and some actual... Um, individual cases certainly as they come up in the media because I think that's again what we're talking about doing with the show um, I think we're, we're there we're at time um, so as, as we said earlier I'm just trying to just trying to find my pieces my outros uh, 
That's it. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, fine. I think we're done. Good time, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. If you would like to subscribe, please do. Please share the show. Um, ask any questions you might have. If you want to ask them for Graham or for Emma, um, please do send them in. Any comments, suggestions, any particular topics you'd like us to pick up or discuss, we absolutely will do. Um, so that's it for episode four of Life Behind Bars. We've been talking about prison sentences. Next week in episode five, we talk about criminal justice around the world. So we're going to pick up what happens in other countries and other systems and other processes and such like that. Um, but until then, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from, goodbye from me. Perfect. We're getting it. like the two Ronnies. We're getting it. Goodbye from me. We'll work on the outro. Um, uh, and that is it. So we will see you next time. You've been listening to Life Behind Bars, produced and created by 50 Mill Media.